0: With a Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout, you get a great perk out because your membership is packed with perks. Join for just $1 down and $24.99 a month Sign up for the Fiat Black Card for one dollar down and get all the perks. Deal ends November twenty second. See Home Club for details.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the ABV Podcast. I am Chuck P, your host, along with my co-host and partner in crime, Britain Day, the Ale Runner. What's he, up? He's got a he's got a mouthful of uh Chalmette cheese sticks. We are at Rotolo's Craft and Crust over on Burbank in Baton Rouge. Great selection of craft beers here. Specialty pizzas. They've got the old school Rotolo's pizzas as well. But you come here, try you a Chicago deep dish. Try you a Detroit style pizza. Try you the Chicago cracker thin, which is delicious. Mitch Ritolo Jr. is doing it right over here. The pizzas are amazing. The beers are amazing. The cocktails are amazing as well. We might dive into one of those in a little bit. Who knows? We'll see where the night takes us. But right now we're doing some uh, some dark beers with uh, our man, Jacob Talley, CEO of T- Tin Roof Brewing Company. Currently also chewing a Chalmet- Chalmet yeah. cheese cheesesteak. Unfortunate timing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You I got should, both of y'all. You should be a waiter. <laughs> I know. I should. Like, th- isn't that true? They always come to your table, hey, how's your meal? And you got a mouthful of food. Uh-uh. But uh, we're sitting here snacking on some, uh, some cheese sticks. We got a pizza coming up, the Big Apple, which is me and Britton's favorite pizza oh, here. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into that pretty soon. But uh, we're drinking some dark beers right now. We're drinking currently from Parish Brewing over in Bruce, R. Louisiana, the Irish... What is this Irish coffee. coffee stout. I drew a blank on it for some odd reason. This was a uh, this uh, is the Rev Coffee Stout. It's been aged in Jameson barrels. Is that correct? Jameson whiskey, bar- Irish yeah. whiskey barrels. Yeah. And this, I had this beer for the first time last year at uh, Finn McCool's. But I'm sorry, I take it back. It wasn't at Finn McCool's. I started my night out at Finn McCool's. Jada, Cody, and I ended up at Avenue Pub. Had at Avenue Pub. And it was delicious, and it is just as good as it was last year when I had it. I was very happy to see that Dustin Molina, over here, who's in charge of all the craft beers and the cocktails and such, had this on
2: tap. Yeah, it, it's a delicious. I mean, it, it's a little stronger than Rev Coffee Stout. No, a little. It's ten percent <laughs> ABV, so it's it's probably Rev. Coffee stout minus some water. You know, <laughs> basically. Uh, just a, a stronger version of it. You can say it's revved up. Ah. Yeah. yeah, see? Marketing.
3: Look. <laughs> uh,
1: ah, cheers. Yes. Let's cheers it up. There you go. Now Jacob, uh you guys got some uh some stuff over in some barrels at the brewery as well,
3: correct? Yeah, but uh, none of them are stouts. We get, we got a, a We Heavy that's been aging in some um, Remy Martin cognac barrels. Nice. Uh, no exact plans for those yet, but coming up here soon. So any stouts in the future for Tenerife? Absolutely. Yeah. Our next seasonal uh, that's going to replace the Dry hop Saison is going to be uh, a stout called Manchado. Manchado is Spanish for stained, so... The the thing that we are going for is kind of this inky, viscous, uh, syrupy, but still kind of 7.5% ABV range, uh, stout with with some uh, kiln coffee malt, chocolate, orange peel, and cinnamon. That sounds amazing.
1: Here comes the Big Apple Pizza. Folks, if this was a visual podcast... (laughs) You'd be starving Your right mouth now.
2: would be watering already.
1: Yeah, you'd be heading over to Rotolo's Craft and Crush to get this pizza. Brenton Day is going to take some pictures. So if you're following Brenton on Facebook or Instagram or such, you might come across pictures of this pizza. Scroll,
2: scroll down a, a, a ways and you'll see a... <laughs> Bypass all the beer. Uh, right, right.
1: Then you'll see look, the pizza. Look for the
3: pizza. With pepperoni cups. Pepperoni
2: cups. Look at those things. They're beautiful.
1: Uh, so we're... we by the time this airs, I would assume the coffee porter, the parade ground, will be out in the markets, correct?
3: Mm, no. We're no? Good. No.
1: Wait, what? Wait, what, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Hold. Hold, hold on. on. <clears throat> hold the phone. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that there will be no parade ground coffee porter?
3: There will be parade ground coffee porter, but it will not be our distributed winter seasonal. Whoa. Yep. Tap room only? Taproom room only. Okay. Yep. We are going to brew it. I mean, we have to. We we, yeah. got, we got an obligation there to make sure that beer kind of lives on. Yes, you have to. So we we are going to brew it, and we'll release it at the tap room. But yeah, as the, as the seasonal, it's going to be that Manchado Stout.
2: Nice. Okay. All right.
1: That's
3: so, a good replacement. So so
2: as a taproom only beer or parade ground, that means you can you can amp up that coffee, right? You won't have to use absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. More coffee. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: So, will there uh, are you guys sticking with who, who, you were doing River Road Coffee, correct? No, we were doing um, Garden District Coffee. Garden Street Coffee. I'm sorry, Garden Street Coffee. So, it's still going to be still going to be Garden Street Coffee, or
3: we we yeah we we're, we're assuming that we're still going to use Garden okay. Street. coffee. Yep. Uh, any changes to the recipe at all? Or no, no. It's going to be kind of the same seven um, percent. Uh, robust porter with uh, coffee in it. Just amp But up the more coffee. coffee. <laughs> yeah, more, more coffee in it.
2: Need more coffee. I'm putting them on the spot because I want more coffee
3: in no, it. No, no other adjuncts or anything in it. It's just going to be a... We're, we're going to try to get back to the original roots of that beer as, as possible. As close as possible. Yeah. But still using um, Garden District coffees. I remember...
1: When I first started drinking craft beer, when I first started, when I first discovered Chin Roof, I was drinking a lot of the, the Voodoo Bengal, and then the Parade Ground came out, and I was like, "What is this? This is amazing! I need this all the time in my life." I was bummed out to find it was only a seasonal, wasn't available year-round, but that beer, that that Parade Ground beer, at that time when it first came out, I was like. This out of the whole out of and it was a small selection of Tin Roof beer at that time. That was the best thing they were brewing at, at that point, I thought personally.
2: Right. agreed. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and have an idea for you, Jacob. Oh. Oh. I think what you should do is a parade
3: ground pub crawl. Huh. <laughs> Where have I heard of a pub crawl for parade ground before? I think I think I was involved with one of those. I
1: think you were. <laughs> I think
3: you yeah. were. the John
1: Peake, who formerly worked at Tender Roof, was, yep. he was uh, the other man that helped me get that launched. And, and I think my memory stops around uh, Red Star or that River sta- Room now, that, nowadays. Yeah. That sounds about right. I think mine did, too. I vaguely remember. It was four stops, yeah. right? I do know that it was four stops. So it was, uh, I think at that time it was Punchers. Okay. Which yep. is no longer Which is Punchers. Where, what,
2: Bengal <laughs> Tap Room is now?
1: Yes, yep. where the Bengal Tap Room tap is. Room is now. Started there, there was the sign up. You got you, the first 50 people that bought tickets for that got a free t shirt. Right. And we did raffles at each location to give away. I had uh, restaurants donate uh, gift cards. Uh, my buddy Brant Burke, who owned Music Incorporated at the time in Gonzales, donated an acoustic guitar we yep. gave away. Uh, so you started at Punchers, then you walked across the street to Red Star. Then at the Red Star, you walk down the
3: street to Boudreaux and Thibodeaux's. Man, I blacked out early.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was stop number two. I remember that. Boudreaux and Thibodeaux's blew it because they had totally forgot that that night was the the pub crawl and didn't have any parade ground tapped yet. They had to go dig for the kegs and finally, because they were doing it upstairs. Right. right. So we did it upstairs, and then after uh, Boudreaux and Thibodeaux's, it ended at Happy's. Happy's. yep. And the grand prize at Happy's was a... Uh, a private party for you and a hundred friends at the tap at Tin Roof Brewery before the tap room was there. I, I think we raised that. That was for when uh, Chef Chris Wadsworth was doing Triumph Kitchen, and I think we raised. Almost $2,000. Yeah, it's good. So, I mean, it was a great turnout. We had a blast. It, it, was in the, it was in
2: October. It was a cool night. It wasn't cold. The weather was perfect. I remember seeing this come across my Facebook memories feed a yeah. couple, like a week or two ago. And it was like, yeah, I remember that. That was fun. <laughs> that <laughs> was fun. That was a good time. I remember I, of it. Yeah. And I've always wanted to
1: do it again. And just I remember John Peek had left Tin Roof by the next time that parade ground was being brewed. And I'd mentioned it to Charles and William about wanting to do it again. And they are both like, yeah, cool, make it happen. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to need you guys to help me with this as well. But obviously that didn't happen. But, yeah, I mean, not necessarily like a pub crawl for for a parade ground, but, like, we can get together and do something.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about some things. <laughs> some things are good. I mean,
1: Bingo Tap Room now downtown. That'd be a good place to kick it off again. That's right. Uh, Shout out Dustin Molina. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Over there. Uh, I mean, heck, we could do probably the same the same places, or, or we could do we could mix it up and instead of the River Room, we can go to uh, we could do Boudreaux and Thibodeau's and then do like uh, mm-hmm. Register Bar.
2: Right. If they even have driftwood. Driftwood. Drift yeah. Do driftwood. Yeah. And happy's, of course, is uh, still. Well, instead of doing <laughs> happy's, we'd, do, we, we'd substitute a register. Okay. But I don't
1: know if register has taps. Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't think they do. So maybe we would do happy's again because they have taps.
3: We should invade the uh, um, the hotel man.
1: Uh, with uh, Indigo or no, no, no. Is it the Watermore. Yeah. See plans are in motion. Yeah, Look at us right now on the podcast, ignoring everyone and talking about what we want to do with <laughs> do with a pub crawl. But that was a good time. That was a fun time. Thank you for bringing it up. So, uh, our thoughts on these on the the Irish Coffee Stout.
2: Oh, it's delicious. Hey, yep. And and I, you know I don't quite know the details. I know Parrish had some sort of deal with Jameson to serve uh, to age their beer in this, and then serve it at GABF at a
3: special.
0: Area.
3: area, yeah, a large he area. More about it because I was, he was there. there yeah, at I, was, ABF. I, I seemed it. It <laughs> was awesome. No, they had all kinds of breweries there, from uh, Great Divide and um, Parish and and others, uh, all serving their iteration of their of their Jameson barrel aged beer. But this is all, if if I'm not mistaken, it's all part of the Caskmates program where yeah. they send barrels out across the country uh, and. Age beer in it, and then they get those barrels back, and then they then age their Jameson in it, and they release it as Castmate Stout Edition. Yeah, because Jameson did one, and they aged they aged one of the whiskeys in the IPA barrels. Right, right, yep. <laughs> which is weird to say. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. very strange.
1: I never had it. I don't. I don't know what that would even taste like. I mean,
3: I've I've had the whiskey before. It's, it's good. It's got a little bit kind of a, that, that hoppy back end bitterness that uh, you would expect from a a, a heavily hopped beer, but. Um, I never see those barrels. I, like They don't do anything with those barrels for the IPA di- edition, from what I understand. I don't know. I could yeah. be wrong. Hmm. Strange. It'd be weird. every beer I've ever had from that Castmates thing has been stouts. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that makes sense. And, and,
2: you know, talking about back to this beer, I think this year's version is I enjoy it more than last year's. It, I get more barrel and more whiskey from it than last year's. Um Probably because they aged it longer. I don't know I don't that like. they were able to age it. Everything came together quickly. The last uh, in 2017, and so I don't know if they were able to age it as long in the uh, the barrels. This year is more barrel forward. Coffee still there. I'm enjoying it. Do yep. we know what the ABV is on this? Ten percent. Okay. So yeah, it is definitely more than the seven percent Rev. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: rev, man. That is the rev is probably probably my favorite beer that Parish does. Like I, li- I like the Envy. I like the double dry hopped Env is really good. Bloom's good, but that rev is like drinking
2: a bottle of cold brew
1: coffee.
2: I, I mean, I've said just, it before. It's on. I've said on. it before on this podcast. Rev is the best beer that Parish makes. I I'm a huge fan of Ghosts and Machine and all the hoppy beers. Double Dry Hop Goes Machine, Bloom, Nova Bear, all of those, and I'm a huge hop head, but Rev just does it for me. Some people would
3: say that's blasphemy.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> yes, some would.
1: <laughs> Look on the message boards later after this podcast goes up. We'll see will see the and, feedback yeah.
3: we get
2: from it. And I won't back down from that, that because I love all those hoppy beers, but... As far as the best beer that they make, I think it's Rev. I agree. It's consistently like spot on every time. Yeah, and there's so much coffee in it. Yeah, it, but it's so balanced. It's not. It's too not, sweet or too, yeah, it's not yeah. too roasty. No, you it, know, I and I've, Lord knows I've made my own. <laughs> Coffee porters and coffee browns, which is awesome. Yeah, and you know, the balance isn't quite there, you know. And uh, every time I have, I don't know, that,
3: man, don't just, be so hard on yourself. That mightier Quinn is Ooh, one of the man. better beers I've had <laughs> ever.
1: Yeah. yeah, we discussed on one of the last ABV podcast we were doing a uh, all on tap segment for for Jay's Bite and Booze radio show, and it was Jay, me, Matt and I, Quinn and Taylor Calandro. And we were drinking a bunch of beers, and Jay was like, hey, man, I've got one bottle left of the Mighty Pumpkin that Brenton did with his coffee. So like, let's open it up and try this. This is like a year later. Yep. So that thing had been in different climates over that past year, from moving out of the office house and just sitting out being refrigerated and all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, that it was better than, than it was when we first drank it when he gave it to us. Like, so for, for anybody
3: epic. who's not like really familiar with, with – uh... The Ale Runner beers. Um, th- this this beer all started from a beer called uh, the Mighty Quinn. The Mighty yes. Quinn. Which because was a fantastic beer in its own right. But then you did several different uh, treatments to it. Mighty Ear Quinn, which is an imperial version, right? So, so good. Right. You did so, the Mighty Pump Quinn.
2: Yeah, well, the Mighty Ear Quinn was an imperial version aged in a bourbon barrel, or whiskey barrel. A Balcona is... Texas Whiskey Barrel. And that's the beer that I'm talking about. I love yeah. that beer. Um, it's delicious. I only brewed it once because I could only use that barrel
1: once. In your Mighty Quinn, you say it's it's a Victory at Sea clone, right? Pretty
2: much. It's a, it's not quite. It's a Ballast a, Point. A ballast Point had a Victory at Sea, which is a uh, coffee vanilla porter, Imperial Porter, at about 10% ABV. When I brew my regular Mighty Quinn, it's 7-ish percent. Yeah give or take. And, uh, you know, when I did the... The uh, Mighty Year Quinn, it was uh, closer to 10. Uh, it was 9-point-something. It's been a couple of years. I know Jacob has been begging me to brew it again uh, <laughs> yeah. for a while. Like
3: a fanboy. I need to get yeah.
2: another uh, barrel or or find some wood chips and right. soak them or something Noted. like that. Noted. All
3: right, I, get, I, I got it. I got <laughs> it. Now you know. <laughs> know what you need to get for him to brew it. Merry Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a ballast point victory at sea that was strictly all coffee. Came from their tap room. Oh, that's right. I remember you. And it was having that freaking amazing. No, yep. no vanilla. No vanilla. Just all coffee. And it was just. I mean, it was insane. It was other, so good. Other
3: uh, Victory C variants are awesome. The, yeah, the coconut and, and the peanut butter. And and so when they're talking it about back, the... peppermint, was garbage. But uh-huh. that, I never had yes, that one. Yes, that was gross. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, but the mighty pumpkin was my base. Coffee, vanilla, porter, but I also used uh, pumpkin and pumpkin spice from Red Stick Spice Company, as well as JD's uh, coffee from. It was roasted at Cafecito, yep. yeah.
3: So uh, that, that was what Mighty Pumpkin was. That is a fantastic beer. Dude, it, it, the balance of it, for I mean, the coffee notes were there, the pumpkin
1: was there, and it wasn't overpowering. Just like everything was just spot on. And for that beer, it's a. Being to go through such different temperatures over a year, to still taste as amazing as it did. There you go, collaboration beer with the Ale Runner. Oh, well, we've been we've been trying to figure this out for <laughs> Don't a while. Think we, hadn't, we hadn't talked about this before. <laughs> uh-huh. Try to brew that 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 Mightier Quinn on a large scale.
3: No, of all things, we've actually talked about brewed IPAs, but now now, now we need to, to shift yeah, gears. I think <laughs> we do. I think
2: I think we should do the the Mightier Quinn at uh, at Tin Roof on a. Uh, you know small batch basis. Just do a chaperone only. We'll we'll, like, uh, we'll, we'll get offline
3: here in a little bit and discuss. Yes. How, many, how many I wonder how many balconies barrels it takes to do uh 10 barrels with a beer? Uh,
2: a lot. <laughs> Quite a few I would think. Maybe we need to get on the pilot system. You still have the uh one yeah, barrel yeah, system You yeah. Yeah.
3: got the little SAPCO system. There you go. We need to dust that thing off. Get the cobwebs off of it.
2: Yep. Brush it off. All right, so besides uh, – oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brent. I was going to say, speaking of the one-barrel Sapco system, are there any, you know, plans with with you guys at Tin Roof to to, to get some of the uh, the taproom staff or other
3: employees involved in, in some pilot beers yeah, like yeah. that? One of, one of our new uh, brewers just last week decided he wanted to, to brew a beer. And, uh, of course, we told him yes because we're always looking to do, you know – Different things, so he he decided he wanted to do kind of like a a, a hef with uh, apples. Oh, okay. Which we're you know we're cool with that, and so he goes and buys a bunch of green apples, which I promptly gave him a a lot of shit for because (laughs) that is not exactly the kind of flavor that we're looking for in in a beer, a green apple. Mm. Uh, Typically, for those who are not familiar, like a green apple flavor in a beer is usually a a very uh, (laughs) bad flaw. But uh, yeah, he he embraced the green apple ness, and so we'll see how that beer turns out. But you gotta get that red delicious, man. That's what you. Yeah, or, or some Fuji or or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, we, we got we got a green apple uh, Hef coming out here soon, or not? I don't or know. Yeah, it depends.
2: We'll see what happens. It might be a tap room only, uh, tin roof employee only beer. No, it might it might be it might
3: be a new guy's house only. Take that shit yeah, Get it out of my warehouse. Uh, it. it uh, from all indications, the work was tasting really, really good. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that turns out.
1: There you go. Uh, I ask you a question, and it, you don't have to answer this if there's it was like a weird answer or anything. But uh, is is Michael still at the brewery? Is he still with nope, you guys? No. Nope, nope. Okay.
3: Michael Till, our our uh, our previous, uh, the second ever head brewer at Tinroof Brewing Company, um, just took some personal time, so he, he's still around town, but. No, he's he's no longer uh, at the brewery. Okay, it, it was not it was not a, a bad split at all. It was just yeah. kind of he needed some personal time. We gave it to him, and, and if he wanted to come back to Tin tomorrow, we'd we'd I'd kiss him on the mouth personally. <laughs> I, I,
1: I was just curious about that because once I started seeing that Nick was like the head brewer now, and I was like, okay, I knew Michael was the head brewer before, and I've seen Michael there the last few times. I I would stop by the brewery, but then. I think maybe one of the last times I was there, I didn't see him. Yep. So, well, I hope he's doing well. I hope uh, he was able to sort out what he needed on his personal time. And, like you said, it would be good to have him back over at Ten Roof if you take him with open
3: arms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we, like like I said, we he, he's always got a friend there at Tin Roof, and it, it was not a, a, a bad split at all. He just needed, he just needed some personal time, and he, and he got it. So, um, Nick is now our head brewer, and it's, you know, in the eight years – the tender has been open. We've only had three head brewers, so that's yeah. that's pretty awesome. Um, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers of craft beer over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Nick, Nick's doing some great things. He won us the, the gold medal with uh, Voodoo between he and I tweaking the, the recipe a little bit and him sending in that beer, and th- that, that's been awesome, and it's been full throttle ever since.
2: And, and talk to me a little bit about, you know, I know you guys have changed some of the recipes, but one of the biggest changes has been the yeast. Uh, you're using Imperial Yeast now, which is a brand out of what, Oregon? Portland. Portland, yep. Portland yep. Oregon, yep. yeah. Um,
3: yeah, so, so I mean, everybody kind of went with this. Uh, you know, we, we love Y Yeast and we love White Labs. Those guys make some great products that we can always count on. Um, but. You know, it got, it got to the point where American ale Yeast or whatever was was just not as progressive as, as we needed it to be. Everybody knew about London Ale Three with these hazy beers. Um, you know, which I use a lot of because I can get it from yeah, the local brew you store. You can get it. You can get it. That's right. But whenever we were looking to redo Voodoo and the rest of our hoppy portfolio, we went with a strain called Juice. From Imperial Organic East in uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, it's only available to. Well, it's not only available to breweries, but if a homebrewer wanted to buy a large pitch of it, eleven hundred dollars cost them yeast, a little like, bit. Yeah, they, they could get it. <laughs> right. But uh, well, I, I just ordered some,
2: uh, a smack pack uh, or a, a pack of it of A thirty uh, eight of of juice, nice Imperial right. juice, nice. Yeast. Um. So yeah, it is available on the homebrew level, just not at a, the local homebrew store yet.
3: Yeah, not yet. And we we we're all we all have friends over there at the at the homebrew store. So hopefully uh, they <laughs> they get on board. And there you go. Uh, one of our lo- our homebrew clubs is doing a, a voodoo clone here soon. Where everybody's bringing in their voodoo clones. Oh, nice.
1: That's a compliment to you
3: guys. I mean. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: That's pr- that's pretty awesome that like home want to do a version of your beer.
3: We we actually had somebody from California that that emailed us in and said that he sent his uh, his brew sheet and said, "Hey, how close am I?" Oh wow! Yeah, to, to voodoo and which was which was awesome.
1: You just laughed and went so far away.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> internally yes. No, but but he, he was he was actually he was on the right track. Oh nice, that's really cool. I mean, voodoo is a, is a pretty simple beer. It's a it's a light. Uh, base malt bill and then hops are, are all uh, Citra and Simcoe. And, it's and just and the you guys
2: timing put, of you know on where the website, you put your ingredient the malt. You don't put the whole malt bill, but right. you tell say what malts are in yep. in yeah. there,
3: what hops are in there. And we made a big deal when we switched from from malted oats to uh, flaked adjuncts. So like that that was that was very prominently featured on all of our social media posts and at the website and everything. So
1: Now, what's the difference between the two? For those who don't know...
3: Well, so so the flaked flaked adjuncts will give you more of that haze that you're looking for, a softer mouthfeel. And that's all we were looking for out of of those adjuncts. Um, Color, lighter color, um, more of a a suspended haze. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. Now, Jacob... Did you think
1: all those years ago when you were working at Sullivan's <laughs> that you would end up CEO of a local brewery here in Baton Rouge?
3: <laughs> you know, I don't want to sound cocky, but hell yeah! Like, okay, yeah, there you uh, go. So whenever, whenever I was working back at Sullivan's, two thousand three to two thousand eight, like I, I had no direction in my life. I was just kind of like, I'm going to college. So I'm just winging it. Yeah, I'm just winging it. <laughs> I, I got a history degree, and then I went back and got a German degree. So I got two degrees from LSU. And then I, I was working my first full time job, and I'm like, man, I, I, I really want to open a, uh, I want to do something on my own. We were sitting around drinking a, uh, a beer at my friend's house one night, and it was a keg of a very poorly treated, and probably old at the time Covington strawberry or Heinebrouck strawberry wow. at the time. And I'm like, man, I, I bet I could make a beer taste like this, and like the light bulb
0: went off in my head, like that's ding, what ding, I'm gonna ding, do. Ding, ding. Mm-hmm. With the Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout, you get a great perk out. Because your membership is packed with perks. Join for just $1 down and twenty four ninety nine a month. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and get all the perks. Deal ends November 22nd. See Home Club for details.
3: So, I, being a brewery owner, everybody, of course, thinks that like you have to make a great beer to, to be a successful brewery owner, which is absolutely true. But you also have to know distribution in this business. Yeah. So I said, I'm going, to, I'm going to go work with a beverage distributor. I'm going to do it. The first person that calls me, I'm going to apply to all of them. Crescent Crown, the uh, Macro Beverage, Coca-Cola, all of them. And the only person who called me uh, was Dr. Pepper Snapple. So I took a job with them as a vending technician. Didn't know anything about vending machines or coolers or anything, but I did that for three years, got promoted a few times. Um, and then... Uh, from there, Makla Beverage came calling. My, my, my really good friend, Matt McKiernan, who now works at uh, Lagunitas, he referred me to Makla Beverage, and they hired me. Um, so I, I was gaining even more valuable experience, still kind of thinking that I was going to open a brewery. Uh, that didn't end up happening, but whenever Tin Roof came calling, I said, well, this is it. Like This is what I've been working for for the last five, six, seven years of my life. So uh, here I am, and... I like to think that I had it all planned all along. I just didn't know exactly how it was all going to go
2: down. I, I still remember, you know, and, and this is, we're recording this on a Thursday, so this is a throwback Thursday. There you go. To the opening of uh, Chifuncta Brewing. Wow. Way back in twenty. 2014, 2013, something like that. Yeah. I mean, probably uh,
3: 2013. No, i probably, huh? I started at Mockler in February of 2013, so it was probably around. Close to you that? Know? It was probably late 2014, if I had to okay. guess.
2: Maybe late two thousand fifteen. Josh Erickson? Yeah, Josh yeah. Erickson over there in Mandeville and Chifonta. But I remember distinctly meeting Jacob for the first time then with Matt McKernan. Travis, who's now a 10 roof employee, yep. he was working at Southern Eagle, yep. I think, at the time. Vanessa Gomez, who works for Bell's Brewing now, right. yeah, wow. Um, and uh, I think uh, where are we at? The Bulldog at, at, at over there in Mandeville at the um, what's the uh, the uh, the place on the lakefront? But um, Barley Oak,
1: Barley, Barley Oak, okay. Huh. <laughs> you vaguely remember that? Don't remember that one. What's <laughs> <laughs> been a good night, yeah, it it then. Uh,
3: what
2: was the uh, the uh, craft beer, Southern Eagle, Mockler, Champagne? It was champagne. just L.A.
3: L. Craft. L.A. Craft, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the whole L.A. Craft team over there. Um, yeah, that, that whole team has, has been kind of, um, we've, we've all kind of gone our separate ways. The, the founders of it were Matt McKiernan uh, and Kyle Hewling. Matt is now at Kyle Hewling's now the, the co-founder at Urban South. Uh, Vanessa and I kind of came on board at the same time. I'm now with Tin Roof, obviously, and she's with Bells. Uh, Don Lacoste, who we haven't talked yeah, about, he's, right. he's, he's Gnarly. with uh, Gnarly Barley. Uh, so we're, we're kind of the OGs of the wow. L.A. Crafts. What a motley crew that yeah. was. Can yeah. you so <laughs> imagine right all of us together here? Ooh, man.
2: I, I just remember hanging out with all of them at the barley oak because that's where vanessa used yeah she, she was the manager there there. yeah yeah before, before she went uh, to champagne beverage before champagne yeah i to get a reunion show together with all these guys right oh, wouldn't that be a
3: good that time? is a great idea you don't have enough <laughs> no microphones for that though
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll get some extra microphones i'll make it happen
3: <laughs> <laughs> now that were part of that early 2013 uh crew we've, we've traveled the country together from from uh, GABF, G-A-B-F to to Rogue on the West Coast and, yeah, and Anchor, I to, that. it's crazy. I mean, we've been everywhere to, to Southern Tier out there in New York, and I mean, we, we've been all over the place together. I'm trying, I love those guys dearly. I'm
1: trying to think of the first time I met Jacob.
3: I would assume it was probably
1: when I did the pub crawl. Right, it was probably the mm. first time. You Likely. probably had to talked to him a couple times, uh. and then it was uh, because I was because. Gina Cooper's one of my best friends. We, she was, we lived together for, for years, and when she started managing Rotolos, she started bringing up your name a lot, and Dustin's name, and a few other people. And probably through her, I had something, and then Tin Roof stuff, and then once I started.
2: Forcing my way into the craft beer scene. <laughs> well, yeah, that happens to the best of us. We force our way in. You know, we get Jacob's uh, phone number and text him incessantly about what Mocklin releases or where they're going to be. And now it's what Tin I'm sure he loved all that.
3: Out. Oh no, I mean, hell, I, I always mm. has and always will be an open book. I mean, I, I never hold secrets about. I mean, I, like I, I want people to get excited about beer. I don't care if it's our beer or, or, or somebody else's beer. or Even at whenever my time at Mockler, like, you got a question for me, I will tell you the answer. And and yeah, I, I feel did. like that's what made me... Uh, he used to
2: tell me where all the, where the the Mockler truck would be so I can come get the ghost in the ghosting machine. Yeah. You know, I, oh, I felt, I'd follow the truck around. Or, I felt like a big shot. last time he was driving the truck. <laughs> it's like all, all
1: my craft beer buddies, like, he would be like, man, I don't know when this going to be in the store. I'm like, hold on a second. I got a guy I can text. And it was like... Either I could text Jacob, or I could text Dustin, or like, or Jake, or Jacob McGee. I could text him and be like, yep. "Hey, w- you know, when is this going to be at Calandra's or whatever?" And I get an answer and like tell all my buddies. like, "Dude, that's awesome! You got an inside connection." I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm people who know people."
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I've been accused of having blogger's privilege well, before. You, there you go. And, uh, well, well, I, I
1: get hey, that with, uh, oh, you work for Jay to Cody, so you get uh, like They think I still go everywhere and eat for free, and I'm like, no, that's not how that works. Right. It's like, if I'm not with Jay, I'm paying for everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's.
2: <laughs>
1: all right, now that we've finished up all of our. Uh or Irish coffee stouts and Brent, you're actually drinking uh, a uh, you're drinking the what is that the
2: uh, well, breakfast uh, stout? Yeah, I there? just I also finished up a uh, founder's breakfast stout. There you go. You know, since it's a stout episode, apparently. Yeah, is, uh, apparently it is apparently that's how it works out sometimes. Like, and, and we got another stout to open up now. We do. I mean. We have one that Jacob Tally brought
1: with us with him here to uh, Rotello's Craft and Crust from World Works Brewing,
3: uh, the coffee coconut stout. Now, so, I'm not a big coconut guy. Yeah, so, coconut can t- taste kind of suntanny y Yeah, if yeah. yeah.
2: I, I've had some that are like, oh, what's the SPF on this one? No. <laughs> 50 uh, plus. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jacob, you get this from JABF?
3: No, actually, uh, WeldWorks buys kegs from um, Keg Solutions here in town. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So every now and then they'll send a uh, care package down to our buddy Kevin over yeah, at uh, Keg I've been, Solutions.
2: I've been asking Kevin, next time you get a care package, let me know. And uh, well, he, well, well, they're con- always getting con- care packages. delivered. There you yeah, yeah. go. Well, I get like a third of a can of <laughs> WeldWorks. Hey, you got coconut. something there, Brent. It's, it's a 16-ounce
3: style. can, so that's good. I mean, there's no
2: juicy bits, but... Uh,
1: The coconut notes on it from, like, I'm smelling, it's not, like, they're there. I smell it. It's not, like, overly, like, coconutty.
2: Or I just, my sinuses are that jacked up where I can't. Man, I I, want to hear what your definition of overly coconutty (laughs) is. I mean, I'm I'm getting a
1: good
3: bit of coconut from it, but... Yeah, there is a good bit of coconut in there, but but it, it it all it almost seems like in the aroma that it's balanced with the uh, yeah. with the roastiness of the stout. There's definitely more on the nose than there is in the, t- in the taste, to me. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I, I'm getting a good bit of coconut from this, but it's not it's not. Sunscreeny, so no. I'll give it
3: that. Uh, no. Yeah, although on the on the on the taste, it is pretty heavy uh, coconut. It,
2: yeah, it's it's definitely there, but I'm getting, it, uh, it, it it didn't cross the line yet. Maybe if they add some pineapple to it, it would really make it. Uh, now, why um, is that? Why is that that coconut flavor? Sometimes you get it, and like you said, it's kind of suntan lotion. I imagine it's. Yeah, I've never used coconut in, in brewing, yeah. and mostly because I don't want that much of a coconut beer yeah uh, it, you know it's a oh i'm glad to have a little bit here and there but i really don't want i it, think so.
3: coconut is one of those flavors that you can you can experience a wide range of uh coconutness to it where whether you toast it or whether it's flaked right out of the coconut or so you, you can get a wide variety of the delivery of coconut to you this tastes like it doesn't really have like a whole lot of roasted coconut flavor to me. Right. Yeah. To it, me, it seems like it's really like, like, like a Mounds Bar, kind of exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, which you know, the, the, my, my favorite coconut beers I've ever had have always been kind of like toasted coconut flakes. Right, so, where right. You, you you take all these flaked coconuts from the meat of the coconut, you put a torch to it or whatever, give it some uh, some char, and uh, that that's that's the coconut flavor that I particularly enjoy. This one almost seems like. They scooped out a bunch of coconut and I just threw it, it in. threw it in there. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, threw it in after the beer was fermented and and like yeah. dry coconutted it. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's not and, bad. It's not a bad beer.
3: And coconut. I mean, you can get it. You can you can experience coconut like either really really sweet, really really dry, really really roasty. I mean, coconut's right. one of those kind of versatile types of adjuncts that you can put in a beer right this one to me is a little on the sweet side not like offensively so but, no. it, it's, but definitely, it's definitely there yeah. yeah there's it's not subtle
1: yeah mm-hmm. um now you know. out of all out of all the different beers you guys have drank over the years what's the one ingredient that you both think should never be in a beer like, you've, you've, mm-hmm. like, you saw this beer that had such and such ingredient in it. Like, all right, out of curiosity, I tried it. You tried Like, this should never be in a beer ever again.
3: In my experience, it's either peppers or cinnamon. They're, they're both so strong in their yeah. profile that you can easily overdo it if you use too yeah, much of it.
2: That is a good question. Pe- you know, peppers is probably it. Uh, you know, I've had pepper beers that I
3: liked. But it's easy to go too far yeah. with it. Um, Very easy. The same thing with cinnamon too. I mean, cinnamon is a is an awesome spice. I mean, it is yeah, a, a yeah. wonderful complement to a lot of the stout and and strong dark beer flavors. But if you use too it much into cinnamon, like, like yep, yeah, you're right. You, <laughs> you got to find right. that mm-hmm.
1: that balance. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, this isn't bad. Uh, coming from someone who doesn't care for coconut at all. I mean, I would. I wouldn't drink a lot of this, but, like, somebody gave me a can of it, I would drink it, and that would be probably the end of it.
2: Right. right. I, I'm glad to have split this can. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's coconutty for me. It is coconutty. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like. You know, but it's funny. Uh, recently, NOLA Brewing in New Orleans released a, an IPA with coconut and key lime, and I, I, I bought a can, and I was kind of scared about it. And I drank it, and I was like, okay, that's very subtle, coconut. If you hadn't even told me there was coconut in here, I probably would have missed it. And so that was more along my, my lines of coconut beer. Let's talk about Ibiza for a second. Because
1: for, for years, when people look at Louisiana
2: for craft beer, Abita was, was it. Okay, and, and the one I was talking about was NOLA. Ah, right, well, you talking about Nola? Nola. <laughs> Why am I but, talking but, we'll, we'll let's talk, about about Abita. Abita. My
1: bad. So, let's, but let's talk about a beat for a minute. So, a is now realizing they need to jump on the on the juice train, the hop train that every like the crazy everybody's going for. I haven't had any of their hoppy releases at all, but just because I'm not a fan of a
3: From
1: you, from you y'all, from y'all's point of view. The was a hop on, hop, was on. hop, hop on? on. Have you guys tried it? Like, what are your thoughts on a beta
3: Basically, playing catch up to everybody else. If we were to put a blindfold on you and and, and give you a, a pint of hop on, I don't think you'd be able to recognize that it was a, an a brand. I agree okay. with that. That's that's a fair statement. Um, it, it's a solid, it's solid pale ale. It's good.
2: Yeah, it, you know, they call it a, a juicy pale, so yeah. it, it like straddles the line between pale ale and IPA. You know, I, I want to say it's around six percent ABV, so it's it's right in the middle there. It's not my favorite, but I've had I've had worse. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I'm not mad at drinking it, but I'm not going to go fill my fridge with it either. Gotcha. All right, so going back to Nola, mm-hmm.
1: so the the happiest beer that Nola had for the longest time was the Hopatoulas,
2: right? Well, and, the, and they had the Mecca, they had, they had the, or Mecca the, the Mecca and, and, and Mecca, they had, and they went through all that.
1: And, and then you had the the rebirth, the Pale
3: Ale, right? And and copyright infringement. Hop, yeah, now, well, now, well, now, well,
1: copyright infringement is basically is, like is yeah, 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 Mecca, Mecca. reimagined. Yeah,
3: uh-huh.
2: but
1: they're doing all these all these different hoppy beers now that are kind of one offs with like different flavors and stuff. <laughs> Is that the trend that Nola is kind of like? They're going to focus on like I haven't seen a lot of on the shelves, at least where I've shopped, like like Nola's brown ale and
2: stuff like that. I've been seeing a lot of the one-offs. Right, right, and and I think they're probably heading that direction. I don't think they're going to get rid of Papatulus. Well, I've heard they changed the recipe on yeah, it. Uh, you know, I think that that's still. Going on, but these these one offs, you know. And there's still Irish Channel Stout out there, and then which is still good. I had one a few weeks back. You know, the the Rebirth has been replaced with the Revivalist beer. Yeah, I
1: haven't had that yet. Which
2: is just uh, okay, is it pretty much the same or it's, yeah? Uh, you know, it's a it's a. I it, it, yeah.
1: I just, just kind of wonder what what Nola's doing because. Kurt Coco, like, he started the Nola Distillery. Right. That lasted maybe a year. Shut that down. Right. And then all of a sudden, they started doing the one-offs with the with, and, and with the Haze Beers. And is out of
2: Nola yeah, Brewing, too. Exactly.
1: So it's like, who's running that ship and which direction?
2: You know, and, and they're still doing the, the Funky Beers, the Funk Series. And I love you know, the Funk Series. The and, Funk and, Series is really and good. And the one-off IPAs in the 16-ounce cans have been... Yeah. For the most part, really good. Uh, you know, there's been some that are better than others, but I, I'm a fan of them coming out with something every month and a half, new. And they're actually, you know, some of them have been tap room only, but others, yeah. uh, most of them have made it to shelves, you on a very limited basis. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 happy with that. So Jacob, let me ask you
1: on that same i guess how nola's doing a bunch of one-offs like some are taproom only some are out in the market what urban south is doing it seems like urban south is releasing stuff constantly like just one-offs all the time do you see at some point tin roof getting to that point where you're releasing a bunch of different things every few months or yeah i mean
3: we we want to be uh as innovative as as the rest of the guys and i feel like we are right now but um, we we don't have any sort of set schedule. We just kind of we, we do what we want to do and release it when we want to. 2019 will probably bring us a little bit more, um, uh, I, I guess, structured in, in what we present to the market. Like Magic Marshmallow is going to be more widely distributed. Beers. Nice, I like that beer. That's a, uh, that a good beer.
2: I
1: mean, I mean tank tank room. I mean you gotta have room
3: to Oh you got plenty of capacity, yeah, yeah. It, it,
2: we, but it, it seems to me and and pardon me for butting in here, but you said that voodoo is barely hopped in the kettle or on the hot side.
3: Yep. You can do a bunch of different variants of that. Yep, yeah we can. Yeah we can. Um, yeah, we can. And we, we've got we got plans for that too. I mean our our, our blood or, orange yeah. always does really well. Blood orange is really with, good.
2: with juke joint. Yeah, juke know, joint you could you know, because as far as I know, going back to Urban South, all pretty much all of their hoppy releases There's are variations just on the variations Holy Roller. It's the Holy
3: Roller, yeah, yep. Yeah, and, and I don't know, I don't know how they're treating those beers, but um, it, it's it's very easy for a brewery to, to just basically peel off a little bit of work from those beers and, and treat it differently, and and wind up with a remarkably different beer. Excuse me, and um. We've done the same thing with our with our beers too. I mean, we we've pulled off some voodoo work. We've made blood orange with it. We've made double dry hop, um, double dry yeah. hop. Yeah, we, we, the the veterans blend that we just had last segment. Um, it, it's very versatile if you just have sugar water and then you yeah hop right it. right yep. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't think you're going to see us go more towards the uh, IPA route with Tin Roof in 2019. I think you'll see us kind of do a lot of. A range of things from brands like Magic Marshmallows and hell, even Strawberry Blonde, which which sounds real basic, but people r- really people respond love to it.
1: that. Yeah. yeah, the the strawberry beers, people just love those. Yeah,
3: yeah. especially crawfish season. No? Yeah, and it would it, be yeah, so easy. It would be so easy for us to just pack it in and mail it in and say, "All right, crawfish season." Our, our season is going to be a, a strawberry blonde. Like, yeah. right. it's just so simple, but. We're not going to do that because no. we're going to go with something like a uh, Paloma Goza, which, which yeah, that was really good. It was. It's going to be our next seasonal, replacing Manchado here in uh, mid February. So that, that's going to be a full time distributed brand. It, it's just you, you can't just sit back and, and go with what's comfortable. What in the everyone world. else is yeah, doing, yeah. because then you get lost yeah. in the shuffle. Yeah, exactly. you got you got strawberry cane break. You've got the the a grandfather of, of the strawberry beers mm-hmm. out there with the beet strawberry, and and we have seen that that brand and other strawberry brands just kind of lose its momentum after a couple of years of being released, and mm-hmm. so we're gonna do something different. How is uh, Uberfruit doing in the marketplace? Uberfruit in Baton Rouge is doing fantastic. I like
1: the Uberfruit man; it's yeah. really good.
3: Yep, it, it's doing it's doing really well. Uh, I, I, certainly, I'm a lot waiting. better than Turnrow, the brand that it replaced. I I'm, mean, I'm waiting for the taproom-only version of
2: Super Duper Uber Fruit to return. <laughs>
3: Super Duper Uber was a awesome brand that we had fun mm-hmm. with. Uh, I, I got a lot of looks for calling it Super Duper Uber, and,
1: no, that's and still perfect. using
3: the same naming conventions with the umlauts and the double O's and all that. Right, I, I, I loved it. it. Yeah. I, that was fantastic. Uh. Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're going to do that again. I mean. It, it couldn't be more simpler than just saying uber fruit, but double the fruit, and right, there it is. Right, right. It almost drank like a, a carbonated alcoholic smoothie. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I agree with that. I mean, it was yeah. so much blackberry in there.
3: Oh, yeah. Was, a lot of delicious. blackberry.
2: So what do
1: you think happened with Turn Roll? Like, Like, you think it was just like the time that Turn Roll came out because Blue Moon was such the craze and was so similar to, like, a Blue Moon style?
3: Yeah. I mean, the coriander thing w- was, was definitely uh, impactful, but, I mean, hell, just look at the – look at – Look at festivals like Zaps over the years. Where yeah. Zaps in 2010, when Turnro was really first introduced by Charlie Milan, a, a coriander light beer was was revolutionary back then. Right now, you go to Zaps and you put a coriander uh, beer on tap, and it's like they're laughing at you. Yeah, they're laughing at you <laughs> because <laughs> they they're this? expecting flavors like Pop Tarts and, right, right. and, and Strawberry pebbles. Shortcake, yeah. Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff they're expecting. And I, I, I just think that Turnrows time in the limelight was had reached its potential. And, yeah. and there for a while it, it was the
2: I believe the second best selling Tin Roof beer. Yeah behind it Blonde. Was. Uh, behind Blonde. Yep. And then when I was you know, when I was
1: there, that it was Blonde and Turnrow, those yep. are the top two.
2: Yep. It just shows how far we've come around here, you yeah. know, that, that People are, are just the trends, and not just here in Baton Rouge,
3: but all over. Yeah, have have just coriander. Changed. Coriander by itself is not a, a strong enough ingredient to no. hang your hat on. You, you, you've right. got to come with something that's a little bit more uh, progressive.
1: Yeah, it worked for a while. Like when I was when I was running the taproom room there, girl, girls would come in and like, "You have anything like a blue moon?" And I'm like, "Yep." Turn row, and they'd be like, "Oh, this is delicious."
2: And I'm like, "That was my least favorite beer." I'm yeah. like,
1: "I hate this beer. Like, this is not
2: good." It, it worked in certain. It, it paired well with like tacos or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would have it at at a place like Zippy's. You know, I'd go over there and get get some tacos and a turn row. Yeah, it, it worked. But to, to just drink on its own, yeah, yeah. Times change,
1: taste buds change. It's the way it goes. Well, guys, we've reached the end of another episode of the ABV podcast. Thank you for joining us. Jacob Tally from Tin Roof, thank you, sir, for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for bringing the coconut beer. My pleasure. Yes. <laughs> the, the consensus on the thank coconut you for beer letting is us try the coconut beer. It is coconutty. We'll leave it at that. There mm-hmm. you go.
3: No, well works the good guys. I
1: like Yeah, these yeah. Guys. Sometimes coconut's not for everybody. It's just the way it is. Brenton Day, the ale runner, thank you, sir, for joining us. Thank you for having me, and
2: thanks for uh, Rotello's hosting us?
1: Yes, Dustin Molina, Gina Cooper thank you guys for having us here with Toto's Craft and Crust remember every Wednesday it's uh, $4.99 calzones, five ninety-nine calzones Five ninety nine calzones. <laughs>
2: 99 still
1: can, it's a great deal. You still can't beat that. Oh yeah, and that, and Trust
2: me, you coming here on a Wednesday night? It is packed, <laughs> and everybody are eating calzones. And and I came to that that, that Wednesday a couple months ago when it was three ninety nine. Oh, they did the retro Wednesday, yes. The retro twenty year old. Oh man, that was there nuts was in people a line out the door. <laughs> yeah, and it was awesome. I think that should be something they do every year on that day, like that anniversary. Yeah, like, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Do those three ninety nine calzones. And yeah, I remember seeing the numbers that they did, like over a thousand cows just at this one location. It was insane, mm-hmm. but definitely come here on Burbank. Get you spend like
1: on game days on like Saturdays, like come here for lunch before you head out to go tailgate and go
2: meet some friends, get you right. some pizza, you know, now or bring some Basketball pies out season, there. Basketball come over here there? before or after the basketball game. I you know, you, basketball game ends at, at nine o'clock. Yeah, come over here, get you a calzone or a pizza. There you go, and a, and a beer, of course. Got to get a beer, have to get a beer. But they Absolutely. have a great
1: cocktail menu as well. There's some new cocktails that are coming up pretty soon on the cocktail menu so just follow Rotolos on all the social media outlets on Instagram and on I promise Facebook. we'll
2: have a cocktail episode coming up we won't just talk beer
1: yeah after the first year we're gonna we're gonna do a couple we're gonna do some cocktails do some whiskeys. we'll get Eric DeCody, the the whiskey general Wakey whiskey him. wakey whiskey we'll man. have to start at 7 a.m we'll go do some at his house right because he's got all the whiskey over there so we'll do do we we'll do a few of those we're gonna venture away from the beer for a little bit but at the heart and soul of it, it's always going to be about craft beer, but we want to include all the all the other spirits as well, all the rums, the whiskeys, the vodkas, uh, you know, scotches, all that stuff. I'm not a scotch drinker, so, like, I would love to get with someone who knows a lot about scotch and bring some good scotches on and try those.
2: Same here, same here. See, look,
1: there you go. All right, kids. We're out of here, the ABV Podcast. Remember to find us on SoundCloud. Coming soon to iTunes. Maybe by the time this episode airs, we'll be on iTunes. Just keep following us on Facebook, the ABV Podcast, for all of our updates. We're posting articles from around the country on the latest and crappier news and whiskey and spirit news as well. So make sure you're 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 liking the page and find the podcast. Like I said, on SoundCloud should be on iTunes by right now. But just keep following us on Facebook, and you'll know. For my cohort Britain Day I am Chuck P Cheers
0: Peace.